It has stood the test of time. God's book, the Bible, still relevant in today's complex world. It is written, sharing messages of hope around the world. I'd like to begin today by asking you a question. Let's say it's your wedding day, and I want you to imagine in your mind that everyone has gathered together, everybody's dressed really, really nice. And let's just say, for example, that you got married and there were six bridesmaids, seven ladies all together. And after the ceremony, after the pastor says, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. All of that comes to an end. And after the wedding, you go to your reception, you have wonderful cake, wonderful food, and then it comes time to go home. And instead of taking your bride, you take one of the bridesmaids home with you. Here's the question. How's your new wife going to feel about that? In fact, she's probably not going to be your new wife anymore. How would your new wife feel if when you asked her, why did you go home with her? And you said, well, it's just one in seven. I mean, you all were there. Now, I know this sounds ridiculous, but today in Christianity, many are making these same arguments about a very special gift from God to humanity. That gift was given at the beginning of time. God reminded us of that gift by writing it in his law. God's desire is that his law his desire is that we would have the law written in our hearts because his law endures forever and he wants it to be with us forever. The fourth commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11, God begins the fourth commandment with a word. That word is remember. God wrote the word remember. Why would he write the word remember? Because looking down the centuries, he saw that man would forget the Sabbath and in particular would forget him. You see, the instruction of God in Exodus 20 continues on. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. The seventh day, my friends, is the Sabbath. Now, this may be a new idea, a new understanding for you. It was new for me 20 years ago. And I'll tell you, as soon as I began to speak about the subject of the Sabbath, for some people, flags go up. So if the flags have gone up for you, just bring them down. And let's study together. Let's study God's word. Let's see what it says. You know, what I hear from many people is that we just need to worship God one day in seven. It doesn't matter which one. But is that really what the Bible says? The Bible continues on in Exodus chapter 20. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is. And he rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, I want you to remember back to Revelation chapter 14. Remember what it says. Worship him who made heaven, earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Now, 
that should be ringing a bell. Exodus 20, 11 says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is. Revelation 14, 7, Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and the springs of water. You see, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7 is a direct quotation from Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. The angel of Revelation 14 is pointing us back to the book of Exodus. And then Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11, point us back where? Points us back to Genesis chapter 2. Do you see how the Bible works? We don't have to go looking around, researching and reading commentaries to understand it. The Bible makes sense when we let the Bible interpret itself. You see, Revelation, the last book of the Bible, points us back to Exodus, the second book of the Bible. And Exodus points us back to the first book of the Bible. This is important, my dear friends, because from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible's message is the same all the way through. Although it is written over 1,500 years apart and by 40 different authors, from Moses all the way to John, all the authors are on the same page. Moses and John were on the same page because they were inspired by the same Holy Spirit. Both testify to the origin of the seventh day Sabbath as to the creator himself. Now, some will say to me, but the Sabbath is a Jewish thing, isn't it? Well, let me ask you a question. How many Jews were there in the beginning when God rested, blessed, and sanctified the seventh-day Sabbath. That's right, there were none. It wasn't until centuries later that Abraham, the father of the Jews, was born. Who did God create the Sabbath for? In Mark 2:27, Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man. Man is translated from the Greek word anthropos, which also means people. It does not reference the Jews in particular. The Bible speaks of the Sabbath in other places. Uh, Isaiah chapter 58 says, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath. Everyone is the operative word here. It includes all people for all time. God promises a blessing on all who keep the Sabbath holy. The Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, given to Adam and Eve at creation, reminded to Moses at the Ten Commandments. But what about Jesus? There are some people who have the idea that Jesus changed the Sabbath. But let's see. Let's see what Jesus says. What did Jesus do? Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and stood up to read. Now, Jesus gave additional insights into the Sabbath throughout his life, even in his death. By studying a little deeper, we see that there are two components to Sabbath rest. First, we rest in a completed creation. Second, we rest in a completed redemption. What do I mean by that? Remember, Exodus 20 is... There, and Exodus 20, the fourth commandment is recorded. And in Exodus 20, it says this, For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all that in them is. God says, remember the Sabbath day, and then tells us why. Why is it? 
because God created the earth in six days. But then later in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 5, God says something a little different. Deuteronomy chapter 5, also there is the Sabbath commandment, and it says this, And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from Egypt, there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Now sometimes when people read these two commandments, they say, oh well, God changed the commandment. But did God really change the commandment? No. The commandment is exactly the same. But the reasons are different. Because see, in Exodus, God called them back to creation. But in Deuteronomy 5, God calls them back to reflect upon what? Upon their redemption or their exodus out of Egypt. Throughout the scriptures, especially in the book of Revelation, Egypt is representative of sin. God wants us to remember the Sabbath both because he created us and because he redeemed us. And Jesus himself said these words. You'll remember them, John chapter 14 and verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. We don't keep the commandments of God to be saved. We keep the commandments of God because we are saved. But I want you to also notice in the signs of the times given by Jesus and referring to the, the destruction of Jerusalem. In Matthew chapter 24 and beginning in verse 20, Jesus said these words, And I pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Now, why is this important? Jerusalem wasn't destroyed until 70 AD, which was approximately 40 years after Jesus was crucified. So here's the question. If Jesus came to this world to change the commandments, and in particular change the Sabbath commandment, why would he tell his disciples to specifically pray about not fleeing on the Sabbath if he was going to change it? Furthermore, when we go to the story of Jesus' crucifixion, we find something extraordinary, that even in his death, Jesus kept the Sabbath. Luke chapter 23 and Luke chapter 24 record the final moments of the life of Jesus and in fact when Jesus is in the grave. And in Luke 23 it says these words, And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. The women came to anoint the body of Jesus, but the Sabbath drew near and they would not have to time to anoint his body. So they waited until the Sabbath was over. They rested on the Sabbath. Why? Because it was according to the commandment. The Bible goes on to say, though, in Luke 24, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and other certain women with them went to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. What did they find? Did they find Jesus in the tomb? No, because he had risen from the dead. Now, resurrection is commonly called or commonly celebrated in these days as Easter. Now, Easter is always on Sunday, which is the first day of the week. The Bible clearly outlines the week. You have Friday, the preparation day. We often call that Good Friday when Jesus was crucified. Then Jesus rests in the tomb on 
the Sabbath day or what we would call in modern day Saturday. And then Sunday, the first day of the week, Jesus resurrected. The sixth day of the week, Friday, the preparation day. Seventh day of the week, Saturday, the Sabbath day. Sunday, the first day of the week. Now, here's where some people will begin to talk to me. And they will say to me, but pastor, you don't understand. Jesus changed the worship day from Saturday to Sunday. It's interesting, the word Sunday actually never appears in the Bible because they didn't use those names. They simply used first day, second day, third day, so on and so forth. There are eight texts in the New Testament that mention the first day of the week, which is Sunday. And interestingly enough, not one of them, not a single one of them, tells us to worship on Sunday in honor of the resurrection. But that doesn't mean that we ignore the resurrection and that we are not to celebrate it. In fact, Paul has given us a beautiful picture in the book of Romans on how we should celebrate the resurrection and how to live out the resurrection in our own lives. Romans chapter 6 begins with these words, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized in Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. My dear friends, we do not honor the resurrection by worshiping on Sunday. The Bible is quite clear that we honor the resurrection through baptism. When someone is baptized, when they are placed under the water, when they are placed under that water, they are symbolically buried with Christ in death. Then when they are raised up out of the water, they are resurrected with him to walk in the newness of life. You see, my dear friends, the Bible gives a very clear path to how we honor the resurrection. We honor the resurrection every time someone is baptized to walk in that newness of life with Jesus Christ. But here's another interesting point. In over 140 languages of the world, the word for the seventh day of the week, which we call Saturday, is the word Sabbath. Now, some at this point will ask me about changes in the calendar. If you look at history, the Royal Greenwich Observatory in Greenwich, England, said this about change in the calendar. Since the week is a civil, social, and religious cycle, there should be no reason why it should be disturbed by any adjustment to the calendar. The change from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar has always been made to leave the weekday sequence undisturbed. So was the calendar changed in history? In fact, it was when we went from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar. But here's what happened. It happened in October of 1582. Thursday, October the 4th, then became Friday, October the 15th. There was no change in the weekly cycle. There was no change in the weekly cycle because we still went Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday or Sabbath. We didn't lose any days. The weekly cycle was maintained. My dear friend, the Bible is quite clear. From creation to Moses, there was no change in the Sabbath. From Moses to Jesus, there was no change in the Sabbath. And from Jesus to the disciples, Jesus in his death, there was no change in the Sabbath. But then in the early church, was there change? I want you to notice 
what the Apostle Paul did according to Acts chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. They came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures. Paul was preaching on Sabbaths. In fact, Acts chapter 13 and verse 42 emphasizes this reality. The Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. So just as it was the custom of Jesus to worship on the seventh on the Sabbath day, to remember the creator of the heavens and the earth, so it was Paul's custom also to worship on the Sabbath day. Acts 13:44 records, and on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. I want you to notice these words from the historical document, the Apostolic Constitutions. Lord God Almighty, Thou hast created the world by Christ and has appointed the Sabbath in memory thereof, because that day Thou hast made us rest from our works for the meditation upon Thy laws. Even the early church kept the Sabbath. The book of Revelation says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now I want to ask you, does it say here are those that keep nine of the commandments? Does it say here are those that keep eight of the commandments? No, it says here are they that keep the commandments of God. Friends, all of the commandments were inspired by God. All of those commandments were written by God in stone. All of those commandments... The Bible says that God has written in our hearts. The Bible tells us that we'll keep the Sabbath in heaven. I want you to notice what the Bible says in Isaiah 66, which paints a picture of what heaven will be like. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I, the Lord, will make, and it shall come to pass from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. The Sabbath was given at creation. The Sabbath was reminded to the people in the giving of the Ten Commandments. Jesus kept the Sabbath. The apostles kept the Sabbath. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah 66 that in heaven we will keep the Sabbath as well. You see, Jesus peering down the portals of time knew that his people would need a time to rest he gave us the Sabbath not as a restriction, but He gave us the Sabbath as something that we could look forward to. Matthew 12 says this, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Son of Man, Lord of the Sabbath. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all testify what day is God's day? What day is the Lord's day? The Sabbath day is the Lord's day. You see, in even giving the final book of the Bible, God visits John on the Sabbath. Archelaus of Kaskar in Mesopotamia wrote these words, again, as to the assertion that the Sabbath has been abolished. We deny that he has abolished it plainly, for he himself was Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath of the Creator God in Genesis is the Lord's Day of Revelation. From Genesis to Revelation, we don't need to wonder what day is God's day. The Bible is clear that the Sabbath is God's day because the Sabbath was given at creation. The Sabbath was given at Sinai. The Sabbath was kept by his people throughout time. The Sabbath was kept by Jesus. The Sabbath was honored by the disciples.
the Sabbath is a sign of God's power in our life. And the Sabbath will be kept on the new earth. And so as we explore these things, the question we must ask ourselves is this. If God's day is the Sabbath, what's happening in the world? What's going on around us? What about the church I go to? What about my parents? What about my grandparents? And I'll tell you, friend, those are all very important questions. And they're hard questions, difficult. But today Jesus appeals to us and he says, I understand human tradition, but today I want to call upon you to move beyond human tradition and explore what God's word says and accept God's word because here is the, the key piece. The greatest hoax of history is this. Craftily through time, the Sabbath was slowly transitioned. It was slowly transitioned away from God's day, the seventh-day Sabbath. And it was done often, friends, in sincerity. We read in history, the early Christians, some of them, some of them began transitioning away from worshiping on Sabbath early on. Why did they do that? Well, because the Jews were suffering severe persecution under the Romans. And if you're worshiping on the seventh-day Sabbath, that means you're worshiping on the same day as the Jews. And in fact, Christianity early on was considered a sect of Judaism. The Romans could easily identify the Jews because they went to the synagogue on Sabbath. But the Christians also went to the churches, to the synagogues on Sabbath. And so under persecution, early Christians began to worship on a different day. They did it in sincerity. But dear friends, Jesus is the Jerusalem factor. He's looking for more than just sincerity. He is looking for a people who are looking up to heaven where he ministers on our behalf in the sanctuary. In the sanctuary, they see the one who loves them. They see God's holy law in the ark located in the most holy place of the sanctuary. And while the world has forgotten the Sabbath, while the world has forgotten the creator of the Sabbath and the creator of humankind, and while moral decay is on the rise, and while society has become more fractured and the love of many is growing cold, Jesus stretches out his hand and says, it doesn't have to be that way. The solution to the problem is found in the Jerusalem factor as written in Hebrews 8, 1 and 2. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens and minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. Out of their love for this, their high priest, Jesus, God's people desire to be obedient to him. God's moral standard has never changed. The Sabbath isn't about working for our salvation. It's about resting from our work because we are saved. The Jerusalem factor is this. Jesus is in his holy temple in heaven. We don't need to look to literal Jerusalem for an answer, but to the heavenly Jerusalem. Jesus has gone there to prepare a place for you in that holy city. And by inviting him into your heart today, you can by faith, with the power of the Holy Spirit, be enabled to live a life of full joy 
even now. Despite the challenges you may be going through today, despite the upheaval of the world around you, you can have a calm assurance and a peace that passes all understanding. Today, my dear friends, I invite you to experience the freedom and love of God's law and to rest in the salvation that Jesus freely offers. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you care for us so much that you've given us your law, that you've given us your Sabbath, that you've given us Jesus. Today, dear Lord, I pray that you would accept us as we draw near to you, that we might enjoy your full presence and experience your full joy and rest fully in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The amazing blessing of God's Sabbath day. This may have been a new topic for you today. Maybe you have a lot of questions. Maybe you're feeling like you just don't quite understand. I would like to give three offers to you today to help you in your understanding of not only the Sabbath, but what a deeper relationship with Jesus looks like. The first of those offers, which is absolutely free, is the book, A Bridge Across Time. In that book, you'll be able to answer questions about God's law, about God's Sabbath, and about a more abundant relationship with Jesus. The second offer that I'd like to give to you for absolutely free is the Discover Bible Guides. The Discover Bible Guides will help you on your journey with Jesus. There are several guides that speak about God's law, about God's Sabbath, as well as an abundance of other topics. And lastly, I would like to offer you the full DVD set of the Jerusalem Factor for any size donation. We will be able to review through all eight of the episodes and see how God in the Jerusalem Factor invites us to look to heaven to find our answers. Here's the information that you need to receive today's offers. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. That's www.itiswrittencanada.ca and select the TV program tab. For Canadian viewers, the offer will be sent free and postage paid. For viewers outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Call anytime. Lines are open 24 hours daily. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario. L1H 7V4. And thank you for your prayer requests and your generous financial support. That's It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario. L1H 7V4. Dear friend, God loves you so much that in eternity past, He set aside an entire day, 24 hours that you can spend in complete devotion with Him, that you can rest completely in His salvation for you. I hope you find that rest in Jesus. 
Maybe you have questions and you're looking to further your relationship with Jesus Christ. I invite you to go to our website, itiswrittencanada.ca, and there you'll find resources to develop your spiritual library. You can also like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter. If you'd like to keep up with me as I travel across this great nation and around the world, you can follow me at Pastor Holland on Twitter. Dear friend, I hope you have found joy in Jesus. I pray that you would join us again next week. Until then, remember, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.